0: Okay, <clears throat> Shalom Barakha. It's a big week for me personally. I have my mother's yard side on Shabbos. I have my father's yard side on Shavuot. I'm in between two, and it's, it's not easy. <laughs> it's also saying a lot of Kadish and everything. It's a pretty emotional, Baruch Hashem. So um, we're going to continue where we're holding off, but it's mainly we're now going to go into this concept of Simchat mitzvah. There's a thing of doing a mitzvah, and there's, how are you doing the mitzvah? And we see in the Torah, and Arizal himself points this out in the Kute Torah, on the Pasuk, Tachat asher lo avadetem et Hashem elokecha, b'simcha uvtuvlevav merovko. merov kol. Right? That all those punishments coming up in Prashad Kitavo are because you didn't serve Hashem in simcha. It doesn't say because you didn't serve Hashem. You're getting, the punishment is because you didn't serve Hashem B'Simcha, so what, so, explains what's so what. when a person doesn't serve Hashem B'Simcha, so he has no sippuk, he has no delight and satisfaction from serving Hashem, so automatically he's prone and open to tavot. automatically, he'll find his satisfaction, he'll try to find his satisfaction in Ta'avot Mamon for money, or Tawat Nil for immorality, he'll go to other avenues to find the satisfaction, he's not finding it in the Torah. The satisfaction is in the simcha and doing the mitzvah, that should fill up a Jew with, with such delight. Based on that, the Arizal said about himself that he reached his high level. You would think, you know, kavanot and yechudim and meditation and meditation and meditation. The Ariza said about himself quite openly, he reached his high level because of the joy he had in serving Hashem. That's what opened the door for everything else was the simcha that he had okay now there's a beautiful Rabbeinu Bachye. we say Bachyeh it's Rabbeinu Bachyeh on the Torah on last week's parashat so he says there's what's called avoda of the Leviim there's avoda and there's also avodat avoda there's a service to another another service what is this service to another service so they explain that's sheer the singing of the Leviim was a service for the other service of the korbanot so he points out Rabbeinu B'chaye that singing which is happy is called an avoda for another mitzvah so Rabbeinu B'chaye learns from here that this, when you're doing a mitzvot in the mitzvah itself in the essence of the mitzvah there's two things there's the mitzvah of doing the mitzvah and there's the mitzvah of doing the mitzvah B'Simcha unbelievable you're doing the mitzvah B'Simcha is in itself a mitzvah. On this, Rav Nosen, i mean, on, on the Rabbeinu Bakhi, Rabbeinu, Rav Beilubacher—Rav Nosson says this powerful statement. This is unbelievable. You know, if it wasn't written, we couldn't really have the audacity to say it. But Rav Nosen says it. Rav Nosen says, and it's brought down in Rav Barsky's Etzot Mevo Arot. He brings down clearly, and it's it's written down. So it's not a breast, it's not like an invention we're saying out of the puff out of the air. He says clearly that the simcha in doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah itself (laughs) you hear that the simcha in doing the mitzvah is even greater than the actual mitzvah itself that's really powerful you know when when you tell people that people say why where is that written down I crack up because the people who ask, where is it written down? They're people who are who generally sad anyways. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to give words of chizuk, no, no, we can't, it's not acceptable, what is it written? But we're trying to tell you something positive to help you develop, and all of a sudden you come with your misnaglish attitude, Now, where is it written down? I want to see sources and this and that. <laughs> You're you're talking like that because anyways you're a sad person. You scan, you know, you don't you don't know what and you're happy doing tisha be'av and doing mitzvot Tisha be'av. That's your attitude of being Tisha be'av. I'm sorry. We're talking to help people. We're trying to say something positive to make you do more mitzvot, and you say, "Where's the source? Give me a source. I'm not interested." Mamash. So where does it say? So etzot mevoarot brings from of Nosson Zikute Alachot. By us, it should be enough. If now you want sources, the pasuk tachat asher the punishment is not that you didn't do mitzvot. The punishment is that you didn't do mitzvot b'semcha. Just on the side, I have to say this thing. I said it once, that you have on Harzion, where King David David Melch is buried, you have what's called the Martef HaShoah. It's called the Chamber of the Holocaust. That was the original Yad Vashem. When the Jews, the survivors came to Eretz Yisrael after the war, the initial place of Yad Vashem was there. They opened it there. But afterwards, the more secular Jews, they wanted something more bigger and this and nicer, so they moved to Vashem, which is a big complex. But the original from, was opened by from people, was on HaHerzion. Was uh, they have there very special artifacts. They have there a jacket made from Sefer Torah. <clears throat> What's the story? That a Nazi guard forced a Jewish tailor in the camp to take a sefer torah and make him a jacket out of it so he can degrade the Jews. So what did the tailor do? He took all the curses from Parshat Kitavo and put it on the back. So when the Nazi guard was walking with the curses, you know, people look at the curses, arur, arur, and all the klanot are on the back of the Nazi soldier, like that. So like, it, it, it was, he did it purposely to, like, to get at him, you know? To, 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 to like, you're trying to bring us down? You have all the klanot on your back. <coughs> Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's one point I wanted to mention. Uh, the, uh, that the Klalot are only mainly because a person did not do the mitzvot simcha. Rav Nosen also, this is in the Philatapai Malach he says, according Rabbeinu in Sichot Aran, that simcha in this world, forget about it. There's no such thing as true joy in this world. People try to have a nice house, and have a nice family, and try to have a good life in this world, he says there's no such thing because this world only ends with sadness in itself. So, how could you be happy in this world? Simply by doing mitzvot. Mitzvot is what connects a Jew in this world to Hashem, and that is automatically simcha. He brings down the Rabat Tetepeker in his commentary, Mehnachah. He says that mitzvah, you have there, Mem Tzadik Vavhe. Vavhe is from Yudke Vavke. What's Mem Tzadik? Mem tzadik in Atbash, you know Atbash. Okay? If you take mem and tzadik in atbash, you get yudke. Yudke vavke. A mitzvah connects a Jew with God. What's the idea of doing a mitzvah? The mitzvah is that while you're in this world, you're connected with God. What does that do with you to with you? That brings you joy. Because that's the true purpose of this world. This world in itself has no purpose. In the, world, the purpose of this world is to use it to connect to Hashem. The whole purpose of this world is Mitzot Ma'asim Tovim, a reminder per The person goes to the Kever, he takes nothing with him. All he takes with him is the Mitzot and good deeds that he did, all the him he said. All the tztaqa, all the chesed, all the mitzvot, all the shabbatot, all the parsha, all the learning Torah, all the good deeds which are millions by the end of his life, a normal person, a normal Jew, fill in every day, fill in Rashi is one mitzvah, fill in Rosh is one mitzvah, fill in is, is another mitzvah, tzitzit, mikveh, davening kratchmah every morning, every evening, Shachar, Mincharvid, Brachot, amazon, He comes with millions of mitzvah normally, an average Jew, is that's the that's the only thing a person takes with him from this world. That's it. Nothing else. Right, that, that guy who, who discovered, the, who made the Macintosh computer. What was his name again? That guy who died from cancer? Uh, uh, Jobs. Jobs, Mr. Yeah. Jobs. He had cancer at the end of his life. And he, like, he left at Saba'ah before he passed away. And his <laughs> Saba'ah going, he's saying there's nothing, this, this whole world is vain. I had all the money and everything. But when you face that surgery room, because then I have to do surgery for cancer and there's no cure and everything, You know, nothing. you, you come to reality that this life is totally empty.
1: Who
0: says the mitzvah Ba'ar bash? That's Rav Alter Teplicher in his commentary, Mehanacha. Mehanacha. So now Rav Nossin says, based on what Rabbeinu says, that this world in itself, there's no simcha. So he says, number one, the people who have this world, they for sure can't be happy. But more than that, those Jews, those secular Jews, or those modern Jews who try to rationalize all the mitzvot. And he gives an example. They explain the mitzvah of sukkah. What's the rationale in the mitzvah of sukkah? Because the time of the year, it's nice still, and it's cool weather, and it's nicer to go outdoors and make a sukkah. So if makes fun of them, he says, if that's the case, why use schach, which comes from psalet, going by yekeb, from leftovers of branches and stuff, get the nice... Drapes that the rich people have, that they make a nice, what's it called uh, in, in Hebrew? There's a nice word that they have the nice tent covering for the shade. The nice shade, use that one. Why do you have to use a, a, a cheap material from leftover branches and, and reeds and, and, and all that stuff? Get, get a nice one, if that's the rationale. So he says, Rav And these guys who try to explain rationally the mitzvot of the Torah, and I'm going to go off a little, remind me that I'm going off. I, before I went to Yeshiva High School, I was in a, a, a Jewish education system where it was modern. That means there were boys and girls in the class. And for Tanakh, we had Tanakh. We had a teacher, a woman teacher, her, hair, her head wasn't even covered. And I would just never forget how she's rationalized. This, this thing exactly. Taking all the Torah, all the Psukim and Shmot, for example, the snake and Moshe Benu of the snake and everything, and trying to explain it rationally. You know I look back it, 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 it's it, it degrades, puts down the Torah to just rationalize it. we have the Torah's explanation of the Torah use that itself that's it and we believe in it Bemuna. what Rashi says, we accept what Rashi says, that he knows what he's saying, and it's out of Emunah, that this is what the Torah's explanation is. No now, or oh, I have to try to rationalize it, where the Torah opens the way for rationale, I accept it, because the Torah is telling us, this is the reason why you're allowed to take Rafu on Shabbat, if that's the case. We give rationalization to understand, but it's all based on Emunah, number one, okay? So now to go back to what Rav said, he says that these people now, who try to rationalize the Torah, they can never do the Mitzvot besimcha because they're using olam hazeh to explain the Torah, which is olam haba, so automatically since olam hazeh has no true happiness in itself, and they're using olam hazeh to explain the Torah, which is olam hazeh, so automatically there can be no simcha in doing the mitzvot. It's only when I use the Torah itself with pure emunah to explain the Torah itself that a person's connected. This is the unique simcha that Jews can experience when doing mitzvot. And the opposite now. When you have Jews who are doing mitzvah every day, and they begin to get out of it, and it's heavy and burdened, it's because they don't necessarily believe that what they're doing has a value. So for that, they need a lot of chizuk to believe, you know, Hashem wants your tefillin. If Hashem didn't want your tefillin, so he would tell you not to put on tefillin anymore, there'd be no mitzvah. But the fact that after everything you've done, a person thinks I should be dead by now, after what I did, Hashem still keeps me around. I heard once from Rabbi Gudlevsky he said, very nice. If you see that you did the worst things in the, in the world, and you, in, your, in your eyes, you're chayaf karet, you're chayaf karet maybe 20,000 times already after what you've done and everything, and yet you wake up in the morning and you're still here, so you would think, so if according to your logic, you're finished, so why didn't Hashem take you away already? Why didn't you die in your sleep? The fact that he did not do that shows that Hashem still wants your avodah. So there's a, there's a big chizuk in that when a Jew is still around and he's, he's capable of doing a mitzvah, it's basically because Hashem loves that person and He wants them to do that Mitzvah period. So that itself should bring true joy to a person. That uh, my, my, my Torah has a value. But now to the opposite of what we spoke about now, those people who are Olam Hazeh and try to interpret of Olam Hazeh in the Torah, they can't have any true simha. just the opposite. They take the Torah and make it sad and make it depressing, make it boring. That explains why in high school learning Torah was very boring, was sad, because the people explaining it, like in my case, there were two olam azeh, there were two more in the gashmi, so in the physicality, so just took the Torah and put it down. So there's no simcha. There's no simcha. Choose simcha is where you tap in to the simcha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the achdut. So he says, Rav Noon Sin, this is what Rabbi Nachman calls simcha ta mitzvah. And he says, Rabbeinu in this lesson 24, that if you manage to connect the Simchat a mitzvah and it's not so difficult. It's not so difficult. You don't have to be the biggest gaon in order to be able to focus on the Simcha. Any Jew just simply, he's doing a mitzvah and I'm doing the Ratz HaNashem. Hashem loves me and this is the expression of our connection, this mitzvah. He can now connect the Simchat a mitzvah and the result is it leads him all the way up to Ein Sof. He says, Rav Nosan, the example, it's also heard in the name of the Vilna Gaon, that a Jew buys for, like, coins, for nothing, for Grushim. Rav the wording there is a, a gadol echad, gidul, is like the name of a currency they had back then, right? He buys for nothing tzitzit, and through the bracha and the mitzvah tzitzit, he connects to Ein Sof. He says, Rav Nosen can there be a greater joy than that? The thing is, you're not focused. When you come to the mitzvah, the person wakes up, and he's trying to focus, put on his talit, to say the bracha with simcha, right? He's trying to. He knows, he knows that there's a simcha there. If you're zochet to, 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 to have that simcha, even if you're not aware of it, you're connecting to Ein Sof. Just that, the more you're happy about doing the mitzvah, the more you are connecting to Ein Sof. Rav Nachman Burshtin, I remember, Allah, Shalom, he told me once that in the breast of Shul, like maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, there was a breast her and it would take him literally about 20 minutes to put on the talit every morning. He would say the bracha with such simcha, word for word, and he would wrap the talis. and be stayed wrapped in the talis for about 15, 20 minutes in the talis. He couldn't let like, go of it. He was so happy. That's the big example they, that they, they always bring. Even the Vilna Gaon brings, that the talit is the classic example of the tzitzit, because it's always on you, by the way. Tzitzit is always on, on you. According to Darizal, even at nighttime it should be on you, right? Tzitzit is always on a Jew. The group cried before it's
1: uh, his on Who? John
0: the the gun. Gun. Okay. And Rabbeinu's story that he gave to his talit. I think Rab Yudel. And he said, "Watch this talit very careful, because you see how many hairs there are on this talis. That's how many right. tears I cried until I knew what a talis is." But in our <coughs> our side, even I don't I don't have that. The fact that I'm touching a talit, I'm able to put on a talit. Rabbeinu's example: the end of of and Avagir. A until he just learns the, the words of the Aleph Bet, how happy he is when he's finally to learn, he's able to learn the Aleph Bet, you know, in Hebrew, Aleph El Gimo so how much more so we have to be happy, the thing is like Rabbeinu said about the Akdamut that we say in Shavuot, right, Rabbeinu praised the Akdamut and the Nigun, I think we spoke about this, right, I'll just say it again yeah. that we're spoiled in mitzvot, so we don't appreciate what we're doing, we have when you take a Jew from the time he wakes up until if he finishes his morning seder, each, each person finishes a different morning seder, some guy it's after learning Gemara, some guys, it's after Rabbeinu Tam Tfilin, learning Alaka, doing Tikkun Akkali, doing uh, whatever, uh, from the time you wake up till you finish your morning seder, you have tons of mitzvot in that time span, right, you get up, modani, Ani, Yadayim, Brikat Anit Anetet Yadayim, Asher Yatzar, Brikat HaTorah, Brikat HaShachar, Mikveh, okay, Talit, Trilin, Shacharit Kriyat Shema one time, Kriyat Shema a second time, Kriyat Shema of a Korbanot and then you have the, you have the, the Korbanot Ktorit, oh we're going to go into Ktoret. we didn't even start Ktorit yet Hashem. the Ktorit, Psychei Dezimra if you appreciate what you're doing you can be really happy, it, it makes sense that Hashem designed the day of a Jew that he starts with so many mitzvot so he can have this happiness for the rest of the day let's say Baruch Hashem Alisa, this morning Baruch Hashem I put on to the and Baruch Hashem I put on to the and Baruch Hashem I say I, I, I give to another you have so many mitzvot already at the beginning of the day to keep you positive for the rest of the day you started the day on the right footing okay so uh, so that, that that we're spoiled and we don't realize the greatness of the mitzvot I, I'm jumping around this is what I wanted to get to is this story there's a story people don't really know about, and I don't have all the details. You might have to tell me more details of the story. You know the story from Siach Safe Kodesh. There's a story that in the time of Rav Levi Berdichev, there was the shamash of one of the shuls there, and his job was to light the candles in the shul on Friday before Shabbos. That's the mitzvah. The candles right? in the shul. That's the mitzvah. And this shamash once he was, he was very excited in doing his job. He was a very happy person in doing what he was doing. In, in preparing the shul for davening. So one Friday, it was already right, b- right before Shkia, was preparing the candles in the shul, and he got so excited, and he was like singing and dancing like that, and he didn't pay attention. He got His clothing got burnt, and he got all set on fire, and he, he burnt to death. Okay? So uh, it was like a, a tragedy that happened. People didn't know what was the di'un, you know? Is this considered someone who's committed suicide? That's <laughs> moladat. Or was it an accident? Because no one knew exactly what happened. So, one of the founders of the village, the city of Berdichev, his name was Reb Lieber. Reb Lieber, he's buried in Berdichev never been to this care, I mean, I was there once. He's pretty far from where Levitzak, he's buried in another cemetery. He, there's a whole story for children of how the city of Berdichev was found. It was thanks to this man, uh, the, the squire, the, the, the person who owned the land, he wanted to give to him a land, as a token of appreciation for davening, or for his daughter, or son. There was a old story, I forgot the details exactly. So, Berdichev really was given to the Jewish people. Can you believe that? It was the 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 owner, the aristocrat who owned the land, he gave to the Jewish people to start a yeshuv called Berdichev. Okay? So, Rab Lieber was the first rav of this village. We're talking about the late, like uh, 1790s, 1800s already, the beginning. He lived maybe uh, 40. 40 years before Rav Yitzhak was born, this Rav Lieber. He came into the dream of Rav Levitzach and he said to him in Shemaim, There's a big balagan. How to judge this Shamash? Do we consider that he committed suicide? Because what, you know, you light candles, you have to be careful. You're, 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 you're doing things out of uh, miscare, even though you're excited. You get punished for that. You, you killed yourself. You're mad you, you died because of what you did, and it wasn't like a mitzvah to die in kiddush Hashem. You're, just, you're doing something, and by accident you got set on fire and you died. So in Shemaim they were saying it could be considered that he is committed. It's considered as being judged as someone who committed suicide. In that case, it's a punishment. Or do we say that he was just doing the mitzvah so much with simcha, and out of simcha this accident happened? but still he fulfilled the simcha and doing the mitzvah so does he go into Gan Eden and is it turned in for, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the good? Saurabh Lieber told, shem?
1: huh? of I I Hashem,
0: yeah, but in front of who? You know, it's, He did the mitzvah with such simcha so he credited him that he, not, it's not, not, not a suicide but it's a plus, it's his benefit. Saurabh Lieber said in Shemaim, there's this diun I can help to tip the scale for good but I need your help. What help do I need? I need that you dig a mikveh next to my grave. It seems that right next to this kever there was an open space. I need you to dig a, a mikveh, and you, Rav Levi dunk into that mikveh next to my kever with your schut, and you're going to the mikveh plus my kever together. We can do something to help this man. So Rav Levi took this very seriously, and he went to the cemetery and stood with his chassidim, his students. They began to dig. There was a way to do, it. I guess it was raining or something, that hashakai it was a kosher mikveh that it could be, that it was okay. There was water there, and they obviously covered properly. They they, le- they lowered Rev. Levitak into the mikveh. But as soon as he went, tried to get to the mikveh, all the earth that they dug out collapsed back into the, into the, the pit that they dug. So he couldn't go in. There was no mikveh. It was all full of mud. Until it was 90, 95% mud and like 5% water. It's all gone. It was all sunk, uh, soaking into the, the mud. He couldn't go to the mikveh. So they did it again. They, he went out. They dug again. This is the Ta'mirim. They brought in more water. He went in again. And again, it like, fell in by itself, preventing him from going to this mikveh. So said that saw that there's a real, real like, uh, uh, opposition and accusation in heaven not to help this Shamash. So he said to his students, okay, we have to be smart now. I'm already dig, and while you're digging, I'm already going to go in already, and as soon as it's, it's enough to be a kosher mikveh, quickly bring, bring in the water, have the water prepared, just pour it in, that way there should be no time for the earth to fall. So he did that quickly, and there were matzliach, that he was able to tovel, and Rav Lieber came to Rav Yitzhak says, we won. We made it. It was such an uh, uh, accusation. What in, in our context? What was the accusation? This derech to teach the world that doing the mitzvah with is greater than the mitzvah itself, and this should be your goal. You should know. Just going on the side, where the Kitzes says, if you can't concentrate on the words of davening, so what should you focus on with davening? Think about the greatness of Hashem. Think about what you're doing. Person now, for whatever reason, he can't. He can't get his head into. He's saying, you know, hallelujah, he can't focus on what he's saying. He knows to say the words, but it's so hard for him to connect. So the Kitsushan gives, uh, gives an etzah. He says, just think generally about what you're doing, that now I'm putting on tefillin, I'm davening, I'm davening to Hashem, I'm connected to the Creator, and that should be, suffice to give you minimal credit for the davening, even though you didn't concentrate on the words, but the fact that your attitude is positive, it's considered that you're going in. Okay? So going back to the story, the, mitz- the simcha in doing the mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah itself, period. That's what Rebbe says. This derech is so helpful to people if people knew about it. Because people think, people fall into a lot of nervousness and stress. I didn't do it properly, I didn't do this. Everything's upside down. Oh, I missed this, I missed that. And people are negative about their, their mitzvah performance. By doing that, when they finally do mitzvah and they're negative, it's like you got, you got minimal reward, you did the mitzvah, but it was with no simcha, and you're prone to the klalot of kitavo, tachat HaShelovada she kol levav, right? Mirov kol. So what's the etzah here? Is that if you remember that the key of the mitzvah is simcha, because that's the whole idea here. The, goal, the whole purpose of the tefillin and the talit and everything is in this format, through the tefillin, through the tzitzit, through the tzedakah, this is the way to connect to Hashem, and by connecting to Hashem that simcha, if you know that, that's the goal. So if you focus on that, we're not going to say, okay, so you know what? I'll just connect to God and then no, t- no Tzitzit. No, it doesn't work like that. This is the way Hashem wants you to, to take in and Tzitzit. And the way to come to genuine Simcha is yes, through the tali, through the Tzitzit. But doing nothing and trying to be happy, I'm happy with God. doesn't work like that. You have to have something that connects you with God that the Simcha should dwell upon. The Simcha needs a, um, um, a dwelling place. It's like the, the simcha is the neshama of the mitzvah, and the actual mitzvah itself is the goof of, the, of, the, of, the, of this combination. So the mitzvah is the goof, and the simcha is the neshama. That's the, the key is the neshama, obviously, right? I need the goof to, do, to, to come to the to, to connection to the neshama. This is the, is the key. So he's saying here in this lesson, simcha ta mitzvah connects a Jew to the highest of levels. We said last week, right? The last class that there's a light which is above nefesh, above ruach, above neshama that was the first class we gave, right? and the, the way to a person can connect to this light he says now is through simcha, even though we said that you can't connect to it because you're in and out it's matei vela matei, we mm-hmm. said that from the Zohar but still the way you can connect it even in matei vela matei is that you are happy in doing the mitzvot so Jew who's happy, Rav Nussain says also it's very healthy when you're happy It also advances your mental productivity. You're able to mentally think better when you're happy. When a person's sad, huh? he can't think on the Gemara, his head is not there, he can't think about Torah, he can't, think about, uh, he can't even think about clear things which are right in front of him, solutions in life which are right in front of him. He can't think because he's just so negative, so he doesn't see the answer right in front of him. When a person is besimcha, his eyes are opened up. And here, but in, a con- in this context, Rabbeinu is saying, doing the mitzvot besimcha, and, and he says Rav Nosim when you don't know how to be with simcha. so doing a mitzvah is the best way how to be with simcha. You, don't, you have nothing to be happy about right now, so you find a mitzvah to do. David the he said, what can I be happy about? And you remember that a Brit Milah, and that, that's that's, that's simcha that he's every day, every second of a Brit Milah, and it's a mitzvah, it's accredited to a mitzvah every second that a person has a Brit Milah. Can you believe it? It's not like it was done 50, 60 years ago, 40 years ago, and that's that. It's a mitzvah that's accredited every second. So this is the point of simcha ta mitzvah. Huh? Yeah. We went to that. Mem is yudke, vavke. So he says, yeah, by doing a mitzvah, you're connecting to Hashem. Clearly, that's the whole idea of the mitzvah. The word of mitzvah means what? Tzvat, it's a join, it's a joining. That's the whole idea of a mitzvah. Tzav, tzav, tzav. You're connecting. You're connecting, it's not just like a command. There's tzav, which is like a commandment. That's a mitzvah. But the word tzvat really means is you're connecting to God when, when you're doing a mitzvah. That's unbelievable when a Jew, as low as he is, as nobody as he is, and he does a mitzvah, and the fact that Hashem allows him to do the mitzvah shows him that Hashem wants his mitzvah, okay, he's able to do it, so this should be enough to be happy forever, really. It should be eternal simcha, because it connects a Jew to Ori and and that's a true joy that a Jew can have in this world. That's the only joy, the only way a person can enjoy eating in this world, and drinking, and nice clothing, and nice house, if it's all connected to the Torah, if it's eating and drinking for Shabbos, for Rosh Chodesh, for Yom Tov, so I'm I'm taking this world and I'm if, obviously yeah I'm no. about, uh, kosher food,
1: kosher a whole week,
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all the gashmi. If now I'm sincere that I'm using it for Hashem and I'm I'm not just using it as an excuse that people oh, okay so I'm doing it the Shabbos Chodesh, but he's not really into it. He's just saying it, <laughs> but if he's if he really is looking for this, you know. So everything connects him to... He, can use, he takes all the world, this world, which is sadness in itself, by now connecting it to Hashem, automatically this world turns into the greatest Simcha for Him, because he used it for HaKadosh Baruch So this Rabbeinu tells us Simcha ta mitzvah, and Rav Nelson again it goes on and on and on, that it's applicable to every Jew, not just to big tzaddikim. Every Jew, if they really want to, whatever they're doing a mitzvah, they can feel that joy of connecting to Ein Sof, the infinite light, and that can bring them happiness in everything in life. And that leads a person... What, what we said, go, you go above the nefesh, the ruach, neshama, until atzilut, all these high levels that are so beyond us. It's all attainable through just doing the mitzvah at B'Simcha. All right. Yes. Question? Yes, yes. What's the...
1: What's the, um, what's the recommend, recommendation to a person who's not B'Simcha? What could be the trigger to get you out of it? To right? do the mitzvah. That's what I are saying. The, if you... That's a person that has some depression, unfortunately, for 10 minutes, an hour, or whatever. Right. Getting out of it would be uh, one of the recommendations is just. One find of the recommendations is. Find the mitzvah to do find focus, mitzvah. And focus on doing it. Then on the on the it. Right. And to God. Right. The God
0: and that God is the ultimate, ultimate, right? ultimate you, can't be, you
1: can't be depressed if you In
0: this it. discourse, Avav, Rav Nossin gives about five, eight The main one he says is borrowing the, the joy from the future. Which means, what? why are you, you sad about The person sad about that the shirk didn't work out and my child is not succeeding as I wanted it to turn out, and this and that. So a person is sad because what he sees now is heartbreaking. It's like a pain. Right. But if now, Rav says, you focus to the final, final tachlit, you know that in the end, everything's going to work out. At the end, the final end, Hashem is going to have His way 100%. The evil will be wiped out. Everyone will turn to Hashem. Everyone. All the wicked people, if it's physical, spiritual, all the yatsara, all the bad, the difficulties, all that will turn to good. And it's going to work out in the end. We know that. That's all the prophecies. Yishayahu, Yemiyahu, Yecheskel. All the prophecies say that in the end, it's going to be good. So if says if you focus on the final tachlit, and you look there, you can really be happy. I think I told you that when my mother passed away, so with my aunts, my aunts and my cousins, my aunts and cousins were even closer to my mom than I was, they were much closer. They, they had such a keshia with my mom more than I did, unfortunately. So uh, I, we came for the shloshim and also for the shiva. And they, they you know, the shloshim they put the matzeva sort for the shloshim, and they're all bawling their eyes out and they're putting pictures of her on the kever and they look like you know on a smartphone. They just and they're they're crying, and I'm telling my and I'm in a positive attitude. I'm besimcha, and I, I can't explain it. I said to my aunts and my cousins and my aunts, why are you guys all crying? I said, you, you know she has it good now. She was such a good woman, she was a good person, and we know she has it good. They said, I know, I know, but it hurts. I said, but when you look at the goal, and you know it's good for her right now, all you can do is be happy. If I'm crying, I'm crying for me. That's selfish, that's not fair. If I'm crying now, because I, I miss, and I miss, and I miss, and I miss, but it's good for her now. They said, yes, and it's hard, but you, you understand what I'm saying? She said, yes, we understand what you're saying. It makes sense. She's having it good now. And I felt it. You can feel the simcha and what they're, what they're, what's happening. Also when Rabbeinu, had, there was a fire in Breslev. So he said, really, I should be, everyone was sad. And he was happy when, when his house was burnt that Friday night, in the, right before he moved to Uman in the year 18, uh, 1810, right? So uh, it, was an, uh, it was an ER, it was, I think, around Rosh Chodesh ER, if I'm correct. A few days before, he moved to Uman, which was on the 5th of year. Hey, ER. So uh, he, 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 his house was set on fire. The whole city, the whole village set on fire. And Rabbeinu walked through a tiny river to go on top of a hill. And he saw from there the whole city burning. And he was excited and also joyous. And he said afterwards, you know, it's not proper. I'm happy. And everyone else, you know, Everyone's so sad, but I have the right to be happy because if it was just them, then I would be not, it, would be, it wouldn't be nice that I'm happy. But now that I also, my house also got burned, and I should be sad with them, but I'm happy. And I'm, 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 I'm allowed to, I'm able to express that happiness. So that's the that's where that's, where that's idea that, why was he happy? Because he sees that ultimately on a pshat level. Why was Rabbeinu happy about that? He knew that this is a very positive step in, in, in the whole creation, the whole picture first of all, that's what the, st- the step to lead him to get to Uman eventually that was one of the steps, but on, on, on the whole picture, if this is the Ratzon Hashem, and I know it's the Ratzon Hashem okay, so I can accept it more positively so that's another Eitzah Rav, Rav Nosen gives that's the main Eitzah he gives in this lesson is that if you just look at the end, the Tachlit you look at the Ein Sof, that in the end everything's going to work out you have nothing to be broken about I have a nice thing on the side to say, but it's tricky, it's scary, you can't say this to everybody. I wanted to say that Hashem made it that in the concentration camps, the Nazis purposely made it that when the Jews got off the train, there was music being played. You heard these stories. They had, they had Jews playing violin and, and all types of, of, of musical instruments. And, and, and on the pshat, it was to confuse the idiot that they should know what's happening. But on our perspective, it was the simcha associated with the mitzvah of dying on Kiddush Hashem, if you wanted to say, that Hashem designed it, that they should have music, like the korbanot in a sense. It was I said, I'm just trying, I'm trying to make an analogy. Yeah, just like cor, cor, there's, there's the korbanot, and there's the music yeah. accompanying the korbanot, avodat avodat, and the they, they 90%, you can't say they were so stupid, they didn't know that, that nothing bad was going to happen. It was so obvious to the many of them, not the majority, that this is not a good direction we're going into. It's not like a, now there's going to be hope here. It was, they, they had to be really naive in order not, not to, to, to believe that the Nazis are going to kill them and to finish them up. So, and, it was in, and many of them went, because no, this is the Ratzon Hashem, what can we do? This is what Hashem wants, right? So with that attitude, plus the music accompaniment, it was music to make them happy in a sense that you're going to die in Kiddush Hashem. It's hard to say that, but just what actually happened to the it's just a, a scenario, right? You mentioned yes. is, is in Samach it's, it's based eight? on t- uh, Lesson Twenty Four. But well, when you say Hodavav, what does that mean? It's uh, in Orachaim, section Orachaim. Orachaim. the laws of Thanksgiving. Right. Discourse Number Six It's based
1: the
0: second, on the second, second. Second volume of the al hoda the eight volumes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Orachaim Hodah.
0: Vav. Per- like uh, uh, discourse number six, but it's very long. It's over eighty, uh, more than eighty, almost ninety seifim. But there, Rav Nosson goes into these. And the Vav is,
1: the 90's in Vav. Yeah.
0: And it's all based on Lesson 24. So. Another advice so that gives there is to give thanks to Hashem. When a person feels so dark, he can't even do a mitzvah. He can't even focus on the ultimate good because sometimes a person is overwhelmed. One bad thing happens, and then within that, another crash, and within that, another crash, and within that, another crash, person sees, like, overwhelmed. Boom, 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 boom. And you can't do anything. You feel like... Uh, so Rav Nosan gives an advice even then is just to, to give thanks to Hashem. Even if you're out of it, even you're in the darkness and you're sad and you're saying, I thank you, Hashem, for all the good. Thank you for Amen. all the times. And you don't even mean it. You're not, you're not, you're not happy. That itself, Rav Nosan says, if you build it up, the, 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 the thanksgiving, it can actually pull you out and bring you to true joy. This also reminds me, this uh, famous sikha, this oral tradition from the Rebbe, that if someone comes up to Yid and he asks him, how's it going? And the Yid says, terrible, this is wrong and this is bad and my back hurts and this happened I lost money and this. So Hashem says, ah, it's bad? It's bad, huh? I'll show you what really bad is. And Hashem makes it worse for the person. But if a person now, when he's asked, how's it going? And he's really having a hard time. He says, Bo Hashem, it's the will of Hashem I know everything is the will of Hashem and Everything is for the good, and everything is amazing So Hashem says, Bo Hashem I know it's not Baruch Hashem, it hurts you I'm going to make it now that it's going to really be really good for you And really, Baruch Hashem, right? So the attitude of trying to be positive Always helps a person Even when you can't And you blow up, at least you can say to Hashem I know I'm blowing up, Hashem I know I'm upset. I know it's wrong But you should know, Hashem, I believe in you deep inside But it's just so hard, I'm dying here just an acknowledgement should be enough already to give some person like a handle to hold on to and to get out eventually. The main thing is to maintain a good awareness of the good, and it was a, an awareness of positive and good being out there. And that it's that it's accessible. I just I'm going through what I'm going through and it's hard right now. I don't know the way there, but I know that this is the way it should be. This is the attitude of being positive be That's what I want to take, Hashem. Just the thing, this the scenario is not allowing me to do that. The fact that I'm aware about it should be enough already to make things move eventually. That in that same day a person should have a yeshua. We see that in life a lot. Mm-hmm. Person has a major down. And then he tells us, I can't handle this anymore. A person just explodes, whether it's to Hashem, whether it's to other people. And he explodes, and, and, and then, because Hashem, he says, I, I, I can't handle Hashem. You gave me a test, I feel it's above my level. Even though you don't send a person a test above his level, but I do feel it's above my level. Just the fact that a person acknowledges and expresses that is already an opening B'zot Hashem. Alright.